1: What's going on, Nuggets fans? Welcome to another episode of Full Court Press, part of the Denver Stiffs podcast channel, which is part of the new SB Nation podcast network. I'm your host, Brendan Boat of DenverStiffs.com, and I'm sitting across the table from my good buddy, the big stiff himself, Adam Montes. Adam, what's up, dude? Not a whole lot. Excited to be here on Full Court Press. Yeah, I know. It's a big deal for you. You don't get a lot of exposure around this town, so... <laughs> finally get your name out there. This would be good. Adam, just like that, it's all over, man. Everything we do, every seemingly every day, every week, covering the nuggets with everything we have, and now I literally don't know what to do with my hands, man.
0: I, it's funny because you're joking, but it's actually also serious. Yep. There is this weird feeling of, like, school's out, now you're at home watching reruns of... Uh... What's, what was the show I watched with Tony Danza? What was it? You're gonna age yourself. What was the show? Not up? the show. How, I was how can I, watching? I not remember? Who's the boss? There we go. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> you weren't watching that when you were staying home from, from school in yeah. summer, <laughs> yeah. back, back in like fourth grade. <laughs> Loved
1: that show. Um, <laughs> it's weird, man. It's because especially for us, there's still work to be done. The gig doesn't stop, but there's also a sense of burnout. And oh you, yeah. You, you want to give not just us and our staff, but also even the fans a little time to breathe. It feels like. I
0: think I think that's a hundred percent it, and um, I I personally the off season is great, and I think there's a, um, a a percentage I don't know what that number is of NBA fans, Denver Stiffs readers, Denver Nuggets fans, that 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 interest doesn't really ever wane. I mean, maybe a week or two here, like you're talking about. But yeah. the off season in the NBA is exciting. Even for Denver, who doesn't have a draft pick, probably isn't going to sign a free agent, whatever. It's still like, I could think of 100 different things I want to talk about. For sure. But it is, like you just said, it'll be weird for us. Our numbers are not going to be good this summer, man. No draft, <laughs> no draft coverage. Be- I- people don't know this, but the draft is huge for the NBA. It's huge. like the single biggest day of the year. It- and So not having a draft pick will certainly take, help us take a hit there. Strong juxtaposition, too, from last season,
1: which we all went into that night. I don't think a single one of us had Michael Porter Jr. on our radar prior no. to that Woj tweet. And then we walk away from among the most exciting Nuggets draft nights of all time. And now we have—we uh, got nothing.
0: Yeah, but you know what? It, to your point, last year we weren't excited about it and something crazy happened. We just got word that Tim Connolly and the rest of the crew is down at the Combine You know, doing all their due diligence. You never know. Maybe— Maybe something crazy happens and we end up with Zion Williamson. God, that
1: would be crazy. Luckily we just we lost our draft guy Dan this year. <laughs>
0: That's
1: right. <laughs> Miss you Dan. Um that was your first playoffs as a as a mm-hmm. media member, right? And I but it but, was. I, but I guess let's forget media member. Let's just talk about fandom for a second cuz sure. you wear yours on your sleeve, diehard Nuggets fan.
0: It's been a minute, man. It's been a minute since you've seen meaningful basketball. So for me, the last time I'd been to a game was, two, I think, 2007 against the Spurs. So it was over a decade since I'd actually been in the arena. And okay. I didn't grow up going to an arena. So um, being there and just kind of seeing the different vibe for most of the playoff, not all of the playoff mm-hmm. games, but for yeah, most of yeah. them, it was pretty cool, man. It was pretty special. It's different. It's
1: different. I'm really glad we got that Portland trip in. Yeah. Um, no shots to the Denver fans, but that's just, a I think, an NBA fan base that's been developed and, and sort of fostered for years. and
0: The developed part, I think, is important. Let me just say this. Yes, I made this a point in yeah. another place, and I I'm gonna keep hammering it. The Nuggets set the tone for their crowd in Games 1 and 2 of the San Antonio series. They did. For Game 7 of the San Antonio series. For Game 5. Um, For Games 1 and 2 of the Portland series, they did not. Mm. And I think there was, in in Game 7 against Portland, you got those wristband lights, you just had the, the, everything, there just was this, like, momentum leading into the opening tip-off that just, like, it gave you goosebumps. I had goosebumps in Game 7 of both series. I had it in Games 1 and 2 of the first series. I didn't have it for some of those other games, and I think a lot of that, we can blame the crowd, but it's easy to hype up a crowd, and there were missed opportunities there.
1: Yeah, the Nuggets weren't doing anything to get them excited, and... The reality is this is a fan base that has not had a lot of reasons to trust their team over the years. Yeah. And these players don't care about that. They don't care about the Nuggets' history when they're playing. But if you get out to a slow start, there was a there was anxious energy, I thought, throughout the entire first round.
0: Yeah, there was some anxious energy. Um, I think there was more anxious, anxious energy, again, in that Portland one because I just felt like they ran out of steam. Yeah. Meaning just all of the production that went into getting the crowd hyped before a game – Every, everything, even even the crowd itself, there was just a little bit of I think like some fatigue. It felt like regular season games for some of those, but you know, as you mentioned when, and it's your original point, when the crowd was hyped, it's just special. Being in a in the game for like a special playoff game, it's you feel that. Oh you, yeah, you feel it like in a deep part of your soul. Yeah, and they
1: did when they did get loud. They got really loud. I thought yeah, Very louder than I'd heard it before. How would you? Um, at risk of alienating and angering some folks, how would you grade the Denver Nuggets fan base for their playoff run?
0: Um, I mean, I would give it like a, a C plus. I don't. I, I think I think fans are there again. I think that there's like we talk. Fan bases are mostly the same. I really believe this. It's kind of funny how we talk about like, especially in this last playoff run. Oh, Portland fans are just the worst. There's like a small percentage of them that fit this very specific stereotype, but we were in an arena. Everybody does the same stuff in yeah, every arena. I mean, that's like, true. so um, how would I judge the Nuggets? They were loud for most of the games. With the ones they weren't, I think there was other factors. Um, I thought it was really cool that the Nuggets had people outside of Pepsi Center for home games, yeah. and the amount of people that showed up to those tailgates and to those parties, I thought was really cool. So, um, you know, C but. Uh, as well as I probably expected them to be. Right, and this sort of has to be earned, this this trust
1: and this sense of excitement. For but, sure. But, I, I mean, I think the theme of the whole season, for me, from a sort of bird's eye view, and and that's carried into the postseason, was just that expanding cultural footprint. I yeah. mean, the, you, yep. From the time that I've moved here till now, it's night and day. Yeah. day. You'll see Nuggets jerseys, you'll hear Nuggets talk. I'm a Lyft driver, people want
0: to talk Nuggets now. Yeah. That wasn't the case two years ago. No, there's no doubt about it. And we... I always say we live in a bubble because we run Denver Stiffs and we're just surrounded by this the at all. Biggest bubble, but the bubble is getting bigger. And that and and when people say, "Well, outside the bubble, the Nuggets aren't registering," I'm like, it doesn't. I understand that point, but my point is, I see our numbers, I see the interactions we have, and I also just see the feedback we get. The feedback is a uh, people are genuinely excited and like emotionally invested in this in a way that. Um, I think sticks it's not there's a difference between the fans that are like oh I'm having fun with this specific thing versus like this has become a part of me yes and and there's a lot of people that I feel like the Nuggets especially this version of them have become a part of them
1: yeah you saw a lot of comments along the lines of most fun Nuggets team I can remember yeah uh these guys feel like my kids such a young group there (laughs) there was a lot of that and it's exciting Um, but you were also there in a media capacity Mm-hmm. How different was your job? Was the game itself? We hear so much about the difference between playoff regular season. Did, did any stand
0: out to you covering these playoffs? Um, not really. I mean, the eyeball, there was more eyeballs. Um, covering the same team over and over and again I think is, is kind of interesting because the game really is a chess match. These things can both be understated and overstated very, very easily. I mean, at the end of the day, guys either make shots or they don't, and we can over sort of analyze some of these parts. But at the same time, in the playoffs, the teams really are making meaningful changes that have ripple effects, and it was just kinda of fun to watch the difference between game one, two, three, four, five, and six. I mean, all these games took on a life all their own and for me that was that was what was so fun about it.
1: Yeah, stylistically I didn't know it I didn't think it changed too much. I mean, I guess Portland changed what they were doing. Denver really buried into that two man with Jokic and Murray. that they did that all season, but uh who your best player is seemed to matter a lot more to me. In this sort of it's like an, it's an anecdotal observation, but it, it it just felt that way to me that who your very best guy is carries more weight than it does in February.
0: To me, I would say that secondary actually to me, I think the NBA today is defined more by who your worst player is, and hmm. then maybe second by who your best player is, okay. and then third by how well-rounded you are, I guess, <laughs> so to speak. Which, I mean, you could almost look at the layers there, but Denver was better than Portland. I really believe that. They're I just, think so. They're better top to bottom. They're really weak at small forward. Yes, they are. And they're be- and, they're, and they, some of the things that made their bench good were sort of mitigated, so... You, you find out that Denver has this one glaring weakness, and both San Antonio and Portland sort of were able to pick at it, and had they got to Golden State, I guess with Kevin Durant out, maybe they wouldn't have been able to pick at it, but, um, you know, the, the harsh reality is that the Nuggets lost the series because they couldn't guard Rodney Hood, Yeah, and that's just an absurd thing to say about a team so that so won 54 weird. games. I <laughs> can't so, believe it. Uh, and, and to your point about the best player mattering, Giannis, <clears> when he's on the court in this playoffs, they're like a plus 17. I mean, it's absurd. Uh, even Jokic was like a plus eight or something like that. So he was think about Giannis being a plus 18, but when he was off the bench, the Bucks are still a positive. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the story. That's why Milwaukee is so dominant right uh, now, Is you can't throw out a bad lineup with them. You probably
1: like give them the edge in that Toronto matchup for that reason. At a time when Raptors role players aren't hitting their shots, that's an interesting point. Uh, my god, did it just every second Jokic wasn't in though? I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> not, a disaster. I'm a huge LeBron. Stan And obviously it's not LeBron levels, but it did have that feel of some of those Cavs teams, man. Like, oh, keep the bench off the
0: court. It was scary how how inept the Nuggets looked. And some of this snowballed. I think early on in that series they weren't in position to trust the bench a whole lot. And then at some point the bench gets cold and it just snowballed from there i'm glad the run was 14 games
1: though because for me this playoffs was about gathering valuable data points number one being what do we get out of Jokic in the playoffs sure thing elite guy but from there i think we all knew changes would have to be made in the margins around this team but those 14
0: games give you a better sense of what those changes are you know no doubt about it Uh, that was always what this season was about yeah um the Nuggets, this was a, a transition year between the rebuild and the like push for contention. This was that in-between year where they got over one hump but not, not the full hump. And um, the one thing they had to come away with this season was who are our guys, where are we strong, where are we weak, and where do we need to go? I think the Nuggets know exactly who they are now. Yeah. And that goes all the way down. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is obviously a big X, X factor. But the guys that have played, Malik Beasley, Monty, I think all those guys, you know who they are. Jamal Murray even I feel like you know pretty well who he is so Denver knows I think what they have on their hands and now it's (laughs) the the toughest part of this entire process which is figuring out how to how to go to that next level sometimes in the NBA sometimes you don't know who you are and you never figure that out sometimes you do and trying to (laughs) trying to put the pieces together is really really tough yeah I feel like that was the theme
1: of eighteen nineteen was was solidifying that identity. And now from here it'll be about flourishing within that. Yeah. How from the Denver Stiffs perspective, man, I kinda wanna frame it in a similar way. Do you feel like your sense of, of what we are, who we are, and what you want us to be is any different now at the end of this season than it was game one?
0: I mean, a little bit. I think it's a always evolving thing because, quite frankly, I think media is always evolving. Right. Um, so we had certain ideas two years ago. I, I would say four years ago when I first took took over Denver Stiffs, we started along a path that has been like, back then you could look at it and say 50% of what the site is today was, was sort of started in those that first, we call it stiff palooza our first sort of planning meeting. Um, and each year it sort of evolved. I really like the year that we had. I think there's like some staying power, but um, like there is every off season, you kind of look at what worked, what would have worked had we had more resources or time or whatever, and you just kind of tweak and go from there. Stiffs is interesting because it's a balance between what you want to do and what you're capable of doing from a creative standpoint, and what you're capable of doing just from like a um, financial and just infrastructure, yeah, yeah, logistics standpoint. Yeah,
1: that is true. And stiffs is also interesting because. I think the, the position of credentialed blogger is this ever-evolving thing. For sure. And particularly within the SB Nation sort of ecosystem, we stand out. Some sites stand out. I think we're among them is slightly different because we have some guys who are inside the building who do have personal relationships. Four years ago, was, it, was there a moment where you decided, was there a concerted effort, hey, we're going to move away, a little less away from the traditional blog stuff and more into the... Kind of real reporting or, or, you know, professional quality type of deal.
0: I don't differentiate between the two, and yeah. this is an important part of just like how I view stiffs. Um, to me, I, I've always said I want to tell interesting stories, and whether that's from writing, whether that's from telling, you, you know, graphic design, podcasting, what video, whatever. Um, I my number one thing is I don't want to approach any type of storytelling with any type of. This is the way it's supposed to be done. It has so to be done. Yeah. I always tell people I'm not a journalist because I'm not a trained journalist, and I'm not. I, there's a lot of, I don't know about journalism, and I have a healthy respect for the people that that do journalism. But at the same time, I don't. I, I want to approach every every single opportunity to just do something cool and something interesting and informative, and I never want to pass those up. So if you want to call them a blog post, if you want to call them serious, unserious, whatever, I don't really care. It's it's more just. How can we tell a story in a unique and in a way that the storytelling form fits the, the, uh, the subject matter? Mm. The Will Barton documentary is an example of this, right? That could have been a long-form ar- article. I wanted to do something that I hadn't really heard or seen before, and it's like, okay, let's do an audio documentary style thing. And, right. To me that it was the best vehicle for telling that story.
1: Yeah. No, there's something about our like I guess amorphous kind of nature that there's a super green light. There's a super green light to push things. Yeah. But but like you said, we're also limited in that like a lot of us are still developing as creators or just aspiring and, and we don't have that budget. So You want to make sure you're proud of everything you're putting out on the site, but
0: you're constantly trying to come up with new ways to push that, you know? This is, Nathan for You is one of my all-time favorite shows, and I think the final episode is, like, one of the greatest works of art I've ever seen, like, (laughs) performative art. Um, It started out as a gag show, a hidden cam show, right? Or, like, like, a secret video kind of thing, and if and i think there's a lot of people that two three seasons into it you thought okay that's what it is this is a really unique one no it wasn't it's had a starting point that was there and it evolved into this crazy like social commentary thing and i think with stiffs it's the same thing it's it is a blog and it started as that but hopefully and my goal even going forward is just to continue to like do what <laughs> just make it anything it's a vehicle for us to do whatever we want whatever we want
1: yeah no it's that's true and one thing i love about it is that In almost distinct departments, there's the content we're creating that I think a certain percentage of our of the Stiffs community cares about. But then there's also really just that this is a hub. This is essentially a message board. Whether that's through our there's 530 comments on my piece right now on the front page.
0: Six of them are about the article. What a flex! Um, But that's what what I'm saying. What (laughs) a flex, man! It's it's a
1: running conversation, and that used to bother me. (laughs) but now i'm like i think it's really cool because you go okay whether it's the comment section or it's fan posts or even just the replies and the mentions in the twitter that if there's a conversation happening about the nuggets it starts with us or at
0: least that's the goal we're we're a bar and we joked last summer about starting a bar but i mean that's what we are is we're basically a digital bar where people like belly up and just bring bring whatever stories they have from the day
1: that's one thing i i was proud of with the what we did with the stiffs account this year was finding a voice but also just hey if it's game time there's going to be a couple of tweets maybe they make you laugh maybe they teach you something (laughs) new but mostly you guys can interact with each other and and it it did sort of take on that that hub feeling for sure and that's something i really want to try to develop going forward um what are you personally the most proud of whether that's a piece of content or a particular
0: development within the site, um, I mean, personally, I really like the Will Barton thing and how it came out. It's so hard to get access to players, especially so like that. I mean, yeah. I would do that stuff every two weeks if I had the opportunity, like the access and and all these different things. But it's hard, um, it's hard to get players on board. Most players aren't very open with the media. They don't, they have interesting stories, but they don't care to tell it and. You know, I, I don't have the trust of all the players on the staff to be able to do those things. So that one sticks out for me. Um, but really, the stuff we just talked about, I do feel like Denver, the Denver Stiffs, and this has been several years in the making, collectively we've just become the cultural core of the Denver Nuggets. And to me, just finding new ways to not take advantage of that, because I do think some sites have have been that and then they've turned it into this like really disgusting thing mm. and like rotted out the core of the fan base and yes. I don't and like so I take it seriously <laughs> that we have this that we have this um platform in power at the moment mm. but I'm very proud of of how much we've refined that you know the shirts um the parties just some of the stuff we've done still room for improvement all across the board but I think we have a really good foundation built
1: I agree the biggest thing I really want the number one thing I'm pushing for for Nuggets fans is some working long-term relationship with at least one bar in this city yeah. mean, where we can just say, Hey, whether the stiffs are there or not, if the Nuggets game is on tonight, it's on in this bar. And right. you can be here as I think it's something because I think the reason we've taken on that nature in the digital space is for the lack of one in the physical. <laughs> so that's something I, I think it'd be cool if we could get going, but yeah, um, what are you – anything that you're not particularly proud of, at both
0: micro and macro, or individually, collectively? I'm incapable of feeling shame, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Uh, no, the one thing I would always say, and this industry is tough. We see cuts from every – from uh, whether it's the Denver Post or you know, BSN, whatever, any, even SB Nation. I wish there were a way to get everybody paid what they deserve, and mm-hmm. I wish there was a way to make this more full-time. I mean – We all sort of approach stiffs with like, I think in some ways a healthy, like this is not the most important part of our lives. But at the same time, just with more resources, more money and just the the ability to treat the staff better, we could do way cooler things. Yeah. And there's always cool people
1: reaching out to us that seem capable of helping and contributing and and it's just... There's been really cool partnerships. But it's tough. I mean, it's just tough. Like in an ideal world, we're paying the staff, we're expanding the staff, you know? Yeah. But it's just, that stinks. Um any any like are there any individual goals you feel like you failed to meet?
0: Um yeah, I mean of course, I always feel like I would rather write more, rather have more interviews, more more access. And there's always things like when I say it's really tough to get access to players, I never think like it, it, there's no such thing as impossible in this industry. It's all about have you figured out how to do it and um you know, the team will always restrict access in certain ways and this or that, but there's a reason guys like Chris Haynes get access to everybody. And I lack that charisma. I certainly lack that ability to connect with professional basketball players. Um, but it's one of those things where now I'm four years into this, and, and it's a thing that I the growth on that, that portion of it, just sort of fostering professional relationships with – whether it's players or whatever, um, it still has a long way to go. And that's something we – sort of lack a bit at Stiff's as well for all the different
1: content we have. Just, I think more direct kind of player access journalist work. So, um, any, what do you want to get done this summer? I mean, it's weird. Like we don't have that, that, that draft stuff, but I know you said there's, you know, you You know,
0: what's so funny about this is we just did this with all the players and like now it's, it's poetic justice that I have to go through this 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 with you. This is my exit interview and it's like really uncomfortable, Yeah, (laughs) but it's like the same questions we asked them. So it's all fair. It is. um, you know, I'm gonna steal a line that most of the players said, which was, "I didn't really think that I would be in this moment right now on Thursday." I thought, mm-hmm. I really thought Denver was going to go to the conference final. So, um, this week, and then had some like, you know, some different stuff happen, family stuff happened this week that have kind of taken me away from everything. anyway. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> no, not particularly. No, but um, you know, so, so I haven't really put a ton of thought to to that. I think, um. Yeah, th- there are certain things in the works, but not too many things, I guess, to share at the moment. Gotcha. Um, losing to Portland when you didn't think you would—they
1: would, I should say.
0: Yeah, I didn't do anything. Um, just... <laughs> yeah, you were great. You were—you would have hit your open shots. Uh, Where are you at peace with that? Where are you at? with Oh, of that? course. I—I I tell people this all the time. I'm really emotionally invested in the Nuggets, but I have—but not in the same way I think as a fan. Like I. I'm not a journalist in that I have, like, zero emotion. You know, I'm just here to do my job and the facts or this or that. Like, I, people connect with me because I care and want the, the team to win. Um, but also, and I put this responsibility on myself, and it's probably not, like, I don't need it. I don't mm-hmm. need to feel responsible for an entire fan base. But, like, I want to set the tone sometimes, at least with my followers. And it's, guys, this is sports. Um, this is sports. It's I'm. It sucks that they lost. This was an incredible year. Yeah. And as much as like oh yeah Portland by the end I was so annoyed of them and this and that you can't carry that with you you know yeah. like sports exi- the moment it exists outside of this thing that you can control it, you have to like take a step back and realize and for me the nuggets lost it sucked I was really bummed but it didn't I'm I'm glad to report it didn't affect <laughs> me in like a, a way outside of this very contained space
1: you know it's funny Michael Malone Paul Millsap some of the players were very vocal about the importance of taking time to reflect yeah. on, on minor inco- accomplishments in this league and how it's not a title or bust thing. And it's funny. I almost wish to relay that exact message to the fans, you know? Right. Yep. Like I, that's, I tried to write this in, in my piece on stiffs. Now the nuggets play together. Now they must grow together. All these things are true. The, the skepticism about, although oh, they may never get here again, that's true. Yeah. Um, they were not good enough, but that doesn't change the fact that they gave us all these things they had so much fun they made it so fun and that they overperformed and in a way that should give you hope and excitement like and it's it's such a fan thing to do this binary like no, either good or bad you know
0: for sure i just don't think those things are healthy i mean sports exist in this space that at their best they're just so so beautiful and so important and and make life worth living in some ways and (laughs) when it goes beyond that it's actually like a hindrance to you you have to step back but i think at this and this is another thing you asked me i'm proud of the stiffs because i do think that at least part of our mo has been to foster the good parts of right what it means to be a denver nuggets fan in the best possible way right and sometimes we fall short of that individually or collectively but i think for the most part um we we do it in a way that i think is healthy and good
1: no i think it was a it was a good season it was a fun season and I do think most Nuggets fans have that perspective that yeah, we're just glad it happened. For sure. Uh, I'm gonna ask you that same question, but on a personal level, not about the Stiffs. What do you want to get done this summer? What What do you do with your life, Adam, when it's not Nuggets basketball?
0: Yeah, and again, it's, <laughs> it's kind of hard to say because this season is just so freshly over that even yeah. I'd be lying if I said I'd really reflected on that. But every year, I think Stiffs gets better. Um, I really believe that, and. If we can continue getting better the way we have, we're gonna be like the nuggets. I mean for you in your life. I mean you you don't oh. have to cover the not. I mean, we need to get I some see. camping
1: done, hang out with the kids. What's oh all? yeah,
0: of course. Camping season's only a week and a half away, Memorial Day. Can't wait. Um Yeah, uh like physically you know, I hurt my knee like two years ago and I'm thirty five now. So it, your knee's just done now? <laughs> yeah, it's sort of this it was really this like um like line of demarcation, right? Yeah. Of like there was a I was already never like a super athlete, but after you hurt your leg, you're kind of like, yeah, this is it now, isn't it? I'm I'm now a one-legged guy. <laughs> and so and so the last 2 years I have been fairly unathletic. I want to become a little bit more just like in shape and things like that. But um you know, I got a, it, I've got i was already looking at the summer. There's I don't know 15 weekends between now and I, like ten of them are already taken up by weddings yeah, and different yeah, yeah. obligations. Your life gets busy when you have kids and get old.
1: What would you do? Do you play? You play hoops in the summer.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's all you got. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. It's old man hoops. Where do you it's, play? It's not that exciting. Where do you play? Um, different leagues. I mean, I'm not going to give them out because then people are going to be gunning oh, for me in these right, leagues. Yeah. <laughs> no, different, different. I got a league game tonight. Believe it or not. Do
1: you? It's a league game, Smokey. Do you still have it? <laughs> would you say that you still have it?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, um, oh, there's no doubt about. it. Are you kidding me? You know, first of all, Brendan, you can attest to this. I am among the most cocky people. So true. But when it comes to hoops, uh, one on one, there's a very small percentage of people under the age of, or you know, over the age of 18, younger than 40 that can that can hang. I like that. Taught that talk. Um,
1: Are you excited for this to be over at all? Like just mentally,
0: the season. Yeah. I won't lie. (laughs) There was a bit of relief. Um, on Monday when I woke up and was just thinking like, I don't have to pay my way because SB Nation's not paying for me to do this. Yeah. Um, I don't have to pay shouts. my way. Yeah. out to SB Nation. I don't have to pay my way to, um, to cover the Nuggets <laughs> in, in, you know in the Bay, which would have been really pricey. So there was a part of me that was like, they weren't going to win that series anyway, yeah. almost certainly. Yeah. I'm kind of thankful that just, I was tired. <laughs> We really it really gets exhausting it gets grueling especially with that every
1: other day thing man yeah i will miss it but i am excited for an opportunity to take to build a holistic life that i will certainly blow i will probably just play video games the whole time but um adam you watch game of thrones yes unfortunately how bad how bad and how long has it
0: been this bad for you Brendan, you know that my movie takes are and like just film and storytelling takes are among the most. They're way more controversial than my basketball takes. This is true, but they're also way more right. Ooh. They're just the rightest takes there are. This show has really been downhill since the Red Wedding. That was the that was the peak wow. of, of the entire series, both wow. the books and this. Um, it's been coming for a long time. There's a million. I'm actually going to do a show on Monday with a, a buddy on Game of Thrones. It is. There I have a million thoughts about why it completely and totally sucks. Give me
1: three of them. No. <laughs> Sick. Good content. I would
0: say that the writers don't understand the rhetorical core of their story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be like the only one story one one thing I have to give you. <laughs> <laughs> what is in your mind the best show on television? Um, right like currently running yeah. or all time? Currently, that you're watching. I'm not watching a ton of good TV. I really like billions, but it's not like it's not a perfect show it's but i enjoy it you know it's it's somewhere between popcorn and art i guess like it's there's something fun about it but i can't take it completely seriously um i'm behind on veep i'm behind on a lot of shows to be honest i watch a lot of nba so during yeah. the season I, I, I i'm mostly nba guy
1: how, how many times did you think about firing me this season
0: Probably four. Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah, I think it was four. That seems fair. Two real serious Got real close. Making some phone calls. <laughs> Made some phone calls.
1: <laughs> um. All right, I'm out, man. Unless you have questions for me. Unless you just want to chat and hang. Yeah, I'm
0: down to chat and hang. Um. <laughs> you didn't know where to go if I said yes, did you? No, I did not. <laughs> Um, well, that's gonna do it for Full Court Press. <laughs> thank
1: you so much for listening. Thanks to Adam for uh, hopping on. You were the first episode that Will Barton podcast. You Maybe did. the last. Maybe probably. We the have exit interviews
0: with Stiff, so we'll that's see. true. Yeah. No,
1: seriously, man. On a on a transparent note, thank you, man, for the opportunity and, and everything you throw my way at Stiffs. This season was, you know, with the writing thing. I don't ever know what will happen or if it'll happen or. Right? but the, i've checked off certain boxes now where if this all ended tomorrow i'll be grateful that this happened
0: how know? fun was this um for you like on a scale of one to
1: ten. Nine. yeah yeah i mean this is i was sitting in a parking lot in la listening to your podcast blogging thinking about how cool it would be just to cover one nuggets game one day and thinking about how i thought they would be this good one day and for it to sort of flush out and for me to be there in the building, man, it's it is surreal. It's yeah, really cool. That's really cool. Alright, brother. Well, I'll talk to you uh, soon. And I will talk to the rest of you next week. I'm gonna get either TJ McBride of Mile High Sports or Mike Singer of the Denver Post on the line. So thanks for listening to Full Core Press. Subscribe to the Denver Stiffs podcast channel on Castbox, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, however you get your podcast, you can get our podcast. Talk to you next week. You go Nuggets.